0: You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another edition. Show on the back home network covering IU women's basketball. I'm your host, Jeff Marlowe, and today I'm rejoined by my co host, back from vacation, Kathy Amos. And this afternoon, we're going to discuss today's 91 to 68 victory by your number six ranked Hoosiers to, over Rutgers. This takes the women's record to 20 and 1 overall, 10 and 1 in the conference. But let's start this show the way we start every show, and that's with our banner moment. And Kathy, I'm going to go with today on banner moment. First of all, eight wins in a row now. Back on top of the league by half a game. But for me, to see Grace Berger, in my opinion, have her best game since coming back from an injury. I thought she looked as smooth in movement. Obviously, she was hitting shots. But she just, I thought, it felt like she just felt like she was in the flow. The best maybe we've seen her since she came back. And hopefully those will be. A sign of things to come. So today's banner moment kudos to Grace Berger for playing her best game coming back from her injury. Our banner moment is sponsored by Homefield Apparel. HomeField is constantly releasing new schools or updating their products for schools in their existing line. You are bound to find something for you or anyone in your life that just loves great collegiate gear. Their new Indiana designs have been a big hit. So whether you want only IU gear or other college teams or nothing associated with a team, HomeField probably has something for you. Go to HomeFieldApparel.com and use our promo code HOME to get 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME for 15% off. And once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. As we said, back from vacation, back here on the Doing the Work podcast. It's Kathy Amos. Let's go over to Kathy for the Amos angle.
1: Yeah. Hey, thanks, Jeff. Um, And I definitely missed some really exciting games. But uh, thanks to uh, special thanks to Andy uh, Bottoms and to Jay Hori out there for filling in on those two games while I was out. Um, I did listen to both of those later. I didn't watch the game or or listen live. I was um, busy doing vacation type things. So really enjoyed that. But those games were fantastic and. You know, kind of leading into this game, and I'm sure we'll get into it more. It, you know, not surprising after those, you know, big week really, not just the the last two games with Michigan and Ohio State, but we also had Illinois on the road um, out there that we were playing. I, not surprised that I, that first quarter I felt was probably some of the the not the best basketball we've seen from this team this year. So not really surprising, right? I'm sure, you know, the the motions weren't there. You didn't have – the crowd was, again, amazing, but it wasn't quite the same crowd as what we saw with Ohio State. So you had that. And I'm sure, you know, at some point there's got to be some emotional – and physical, you know, tiredness that, that's catching up with him. And I felt that it was there in the first quarter. Um, but, you know, it, it, this team did what they do, and they still turned everything around. And I thought uh, by that second quarter in particular, their defense really started to ratchet back up and really clamp down in that, that second half. You know, I think we only allowed in the fourth quarter, I think um, – Rutgers only scored seven points in that fourth quarter. So each quarter I thought got better and better defensively and they really started locking in. Um, so that was really just good to see. So I'm really happy to, to be back and be able to cover this game with you again. So thanks for, for, for all of that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so to me, I'm just happy that we got yet another win and our, our train just keeps rolling down that, that, um, winning track.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure we want to use trains as an analogy on our show.
1: Fair. That's a good point. You have to, No, but you're, but you're right. I'm going on like four hours of sleep right now too. So, and my, my brain still thinks it's like 11 in the morning. So.
0: Yeah, you, but you're right. And and let's talk a little bit about that first quarter um, that you mentioned. It just, It was very sluggish. Uh, the The end, the last three and a half, four minutes of the first quarter was maybe about a poor an ending of a quarter of that that I can remember the Hoosiers playing this year, and I really felt like, again, just speculating, watching it from here that. like you said, the energy, the emotion of having that gauntlet that they would had of playing ranked team after ranked team, big games. If they really wanted to stay in the race, they had to win. And and because of that loss at Michigan State, well, now they'd gotten themselves in a position they were tied tied with Iowa coming in today at the top of the standings. And and it's natural, I think. You're gonna look here and you see Rutgers struggling in the league. You know they're they're young, and, and this uh, this Michael girl played really well, That's and fantastic. and she was somebody yeah. that. I mean, she was somebody we highlighted in the last episode a little bit to keep an eye mm-hmm. on. Uh, she had been the freshman of the week last week in the Big Ten, so she just you know it, I, I get it, but it was a little bit surprising for this team to be maybe as lethargic as day lackadaisical as they were toward the end. So it'd be interesting, kind of really what that second that timeout at the second quarter was like and and, and such. But uh, other than what you've already talked about, did, what did you think of that first quarter?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was, it, you know, and I'm sure we'll we'll get into it with the surprises. It, it was only a little surprise. Like I, I you know, said to Sean as we were, you know, traveling home today, I said, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we come out a little slow in this game. And, you know, and this might be a, a trap game. I, I don't expect us to lose. But that first quarter was surprising, yet met my expectations, if that makes any sense whatsoever, right? It's surprising because it's not really what we've seen from them here in recent games. But at the same time, I kind of Expected it, but um, the defense was really. It just they didn't seem real focused, right? I mean, they allowed uh, 22 points uh, for Rutgers, which was the highest uh, of any of the four quarters. And really, in particular, um, they were letting Rutgers to be on pace to, to really outpace or um, outscore what they usually do. Rutgers usually only average 65 points per game, and we allowed them to have 22 in that first quarter alone. So, definitely, just something that you know. Again, I'm sure once we had that the you know in between quarter timeout in particular, I thought coming out into that second quarter is where I started to see a lot more changes. Right, like they seem to settle in, they seem focused. Um, Rutgers, hands off, hats off to them. Right, they they came to play. They weren't intimidated at all by Assembly Hall or by the number six in front of our name. In I thought that they just played actually pretty well in that first quarter as well. And and maybe we just weren't quite expecting it, but I felt they speed sped us up quite a bit in that first quarter.
0: Yeah, and, and kudos and I thought they hit some tough shots. I thought, especially in the first first half of that first quarter, I felt like the defense wasn't bad. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad like it was in the last couple three minutes, where you know maybe as again it just kind of got lethargic. But uh, they hit some tough shots in the first part of the uh, of that quarter, which again yeah. gets you confidence. You're going to start playing better when you see the ball go in. Uh, but flip side of that is, like you mentioned, we only scored 17. So with that. We scored 74 over base, over the last three quarters to finish up with the 91. So, uh, again, as we've seen here, a couple of the workaholics have mentioned that once we got it going, and as Kathy mentioned, once we got it going, the offense really started, and we'll talk more about that when we get inside the numbers, I'm sure, to game ball and stuff, but I thought the offense really started to click uh, about midway through the second quarter, and when we went, or it might have been maybe a little before that because I remember we were texting, and I was even like, "Take a timeout." There's yeah. kind of right there at the beginning of the second quarter, first couple of possessions, I thought we looked a little lethargic still, and then we went off on that run, It ended up being what I what I in factored eighteen to four went off on an yep. eighteen to four run and went from seven down to to eight up, and so you know from there on, I, this offense and the defense really was the expect you know what we
1: expected. Right. Yeah. I have a lot of, you know, I just, I don't take, we don't do meaningful moments on our show, but I do write down stuff. And a lot of mine came in that second quarter, right? We had um, the only thing which kind of worried me is immediately out of the the first quarter timeout into the second quarter where we came out with a, a turnover. Um, we turned it over right away. Um, And that made it our fourth turnover in the game. And I started to get a little concerned. I'm like, I I thought I'd see some adjustments. But after that, you know, 20 seconds in, we, you know, we had Grace get a steal and then score on a fast break. We had Garzon hit her third three in a row to go three for three and she'd up four for four in that half. Um, from three. And, you know, we had um, at one point we were playing three of our freshmen together, which hopefully we'll talk a little bit about our depth because we, you know, we saw nine players again today in a game that was at least, you know, for a little while, fairly tight. You know, we had a, a steal from Lexus. We had a Chloe McNeil steal. Um, Grace with doing Grace things with all of her assists and hockey assists and stuff. I thought that second quarter was the best of the four. For sure. In yeah. my opinion,
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I would agree with that. So as you as you said, let's kind of move on into as the expected part of our show. And and I will let you kind of go first. What uh, that you thought when is expected?
1: Yeah, and I'll I'll continue on with that. That second quarter is for me what is really expected out of this team. And I think Coach Morin talks about it a lot, which is their maturity, right? They they didn't come out maybe with their hair on fire and locked in as focused as we we might want them to be from tip off. It's going to happen, but they have the poise, the maturity, and the basketball IQ, and being well coached as well. To come out and to kind of refocus themselves and make that second quarter um, turn around and and really just keep extending it throughout the whole game. So to me, that's what really is as expected. Again, is just I'll echo what Coach Morin says, and it's the maturity of this team.
0: Yeah, and that's obviously a huge factor. And she talked about that after the Ohio State game the there night, especially. I'm going to kind of steal on a number here, but um, 21 assists on 32 baskets, and that's what we've come to expect from this team. That's why I'm throwing yeah. it in here. And to me, it's almost a, it's a surprise when we aren't moving the ball very well right now, because in this team shares the ball, as you mentioned. You know, the, Grace Berger led the way, and 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 just kind of the unselfiness for the people for for the players to make the extra. Pass well, we, you know, which leads to kind of what you were talking about—the the, the hockey assist that we would call it in basketball—that doesn't actually get recorded as an assist, but good coaches and and good fans recognize it and 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 such and know it's is an important part of the play. Um, and, and so with that, and so when you look at you know thirty two of fifty one overall from the field, twenty one assists. So again, not only are we sharing the ball, but we're getting the ball to players in good positions to score. And that's, and that's, and that's one of the things like if you watch some of the other games, there, there are teams who share the ball, but oftentimes the pass is just a little off. It takes them away from where they want it to be this team. And maybe, and I may have do a lot with that maturity or the fact that a lot of them have been around together for a while. Grace, Chloe, uh, McKenzie, um, um, Parish is relatively new to the program, but she's played a lot of basketball. She had a, has high basketball IQ. But you especially look at those first three I mentioned who have played together for so long
1: mm-hmm. that I
0: just think there's an innate sense where they know how to get the ball to them where they want it.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it, maybe that's something we're, we're starting to come to expect too. Is they're shooting right, and are they they're still second in the nation right in field goal percentage, and they were right there Last again Yeah, me too. Um, sixty three percent field goal percentage. That just is. Um, maybe we shouldn't, but it seems like we're starting to come to expect that from this team. It that's just a really fantastic number. I think. Um, the other thing I think went, um, as expected again, after the first quarter. So we had, um, three turnovers in that first quarter and ended up with only 10 on the whole game. And, And so again, just kind of protecting the ball is usually something this team does fairly well. Every once in a while, we've seen, um, a couple of games here and there, they've gotten sped up, turned the ball over, you know, like the Michigan state game. But I thought overall the team really settled down and took care of the ball and we're pretty clean with it. I think we average around 12 and we were under that average for turnovers.
0: Yeah. And, and I was a concern that we were talking about earlier, especially in that first quarter and the first couple of possessions, we were on pace to, you know, have several more turnovers than that. And, and again, I think it goes back to maturity level. Um, The other thing that we talked about a little bit uh, expectation wise is this team has rebounded better than than the team in the last year or two. But at halftime or excuse me, at the end of that first. No, it was at halftime. We Mm -hmm. were down. We we were down 15 to 11 on the glass. We were down 15, 11 on the glass. And again, as I tweeted, this may not be something that haunts you against Rutgers, but they we had given up six offensive rebounds we gave up 10 for the game. That's got to get cleaned up a little bit, but they battled back in the second half to finish even on the glass 28, 28. And there weren't as many opportunities for Indiana to have a lot of rebounds. Cause we were hitting such a high percentage right. of shots, both, both in first and second half, but you can't, you can't give up six offensive rebounds in a half.
1: Yeah, so exactly.
0: That was kind of a surprise, but the expectation was that this team's going to battle and rebound and they did that today.
1: Yep. Yeah, I don't have any other expectations.
0: No, how about surprises?
1: Yep. Um, So, kind of actually, the surprises a little bit to what you were saying was our offensive rebounding. We ended up with only two offensive rebounds. Um, And again, to your point you know when you're making 63 percent of your field goals there's not a lot of opportunities for it but you know we had zero second chance points today um so that kind of surprised me i thought this would be a place we'd have an advantage over that would be in rebounding especially on the offensive ends Um, So to only have two offensive rebounds and both of those came fairly late in the game uh, and and then no second chance points off of any of those, uh, I, I was a little surprised about the offensive rebounding for us.
0: Well, and then that also goes to the other big stat there, 12 to nothing in second chance points for Rutgers. I yeah. mean, that's that's really not something we see this team, IU, get dominated in that stat, per se, usually. And so with that, the surprise for me, I'm going to go back to something you mentioned earlier. And we talked a little bit about this maybe in the last couple shows as well. And I know we talked a lot about it with Jay on on uh, uh, Thursday night, that um, just look at the what the freshmen especially, but the, the way the bench is starting to play, and, you know, the bench, you know, scored 13 points today. Now they got outscored, but they're getting us double digits. And and that was with Sarah Scalia really not providing much yeah. off the bench today. She only provided five points. But I thought Lexi Bargesser gave us some really solid quality minutes in the first quarter and and, and overall. But I really especially thought or in the first half, second quarter, especially. Um, and then Lily Meister continues just to earn her minutes and to earn more minutes. Um, she comes in, she doesn't hurt. She's productive. She's around the rebound. She's not scoring a ton and that's not where she's going to no. be yet, but she's, if she gets an opportunity around the rim on a catch or a put back, she's taking advantage of those. And then the other one, it was nice to see Alyssa Geary get off the bench for a few minutes today, because again, I think there are going to be games like the one we had today where Matt got in a not huge foul trouble but she picked up a few fouls and it was nice to be able to set her and then lily i think also had a couple fouls so it was nice to have a third option to go to because i just think we're going to have some games down the line where we're going to see maybe something like that where you know one or both of our you know primary post players end up in some foul trouble um with that so that was but just a, a great surprise to really see the freshmen who weren't heralded and weren't expected to do a lot just because such a veteran group here play and really start to earn their minutes on the floor. And we knew oh, outside of Garzon. Garzon, we knew right. everything we right. heard was Garzon was going to be a major factor, but Vargas and Meister especially.
1: Yeah, I thought, I, I totally agree with you on, uh, in terms of um, Lexi Bargasser. I thought she gave some really nice minutes there, you know, really scrapping after it. She had, I think, a really uh, good steal there at one point. Um, I thought Lily Meister looked a little sped up today, especially on the defensive end. She ended up with, you know, fouling quite a bit today. She had four fouls, and three of those came in the first half. Um, but, you know, McKinsey was two. Uh, I'm trying to look at my notes here yeah lily had ended up with three and mac had two in that first half so there was just something with how they're you know playing down there i just felt like they got a little sped up and um i didn't see a whole lot after after that first half from lily until towards the end so i didn't think this was the best game for lily today but she to your point she's still been getting in and contributing a lot way more than i thought she would at the beginning of Mm. the year so she has definitely been a nice surprise overall in the season um, yeah, another, yeah. another surprise I had was uh, kudos to Rutgers. I thought, especially in the first half, they really, and this kind of sounds probably weird. They, I thought they really played good defense on Mackenzie Holmes. Mackenzie Holmes o- only quote unquote only <laughs> had 10 points in that first half. And, you know, she does, it seemed like they were, you know, doubling her better than other teams. Some of the other teams we've played, I thought Rutgers actually surprisingly did a fairly good job on her at least defensively in that first half.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to go to one more senior here and, or go to the, to our senior, our super senior, I guess we should call her. And that's Grace Berger three for three from deep. I mean, how many times have we talked about Grace (laughs) Berger? Yeah. Grace Berger is Grace Berger and she does things. She's a winner. She's a leader, but there's many times we've talked on the show. If Grace just had a three point shot, how much more open her game could be. And she goes three for three today. And and I think her shot, I thought her shot looked good. I thought the rotation looked good, the release. So Let's see if she, and this is something that comes out of this, you know, where she can maybe start knocking. If she has knocks down one three a game, now you got to come out and guard her even more. And with her yeah. vision and the things she can do in the mid-range game, just really, really opens that up. But, uh, you know, a, a, again, a, for me, a pleasant surprise of Grace Berger knocking down three for three.
1: Yep. Same for so,
0: me. You got anything else on the surprise side?
1: No. No, I think everything I wrote down, uh, we've already covered.
0: Yeah. And at this point, point, when you're 20 and one, I'm not sure there are a, a ton of surprises <laughs> right. at this point. It's almost like lingering like questions. we get to it.
1: It's, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like, it's almost, we're nitpicking at things, finding something to do. So Kathy, I'm going to throw it to you. What was a team number? I already mentioned the assist. So what was a team? And, and we talked a little bit about rebound. Already. What's a team number that stood out to you?
1: Um, yeah, we've talked, gosh, we've talked about quite a bit of yeah. them. So <laughs> uh, m- most of the ones I've written down, which are points off of turnovers I think we talked about. Right. Yeah. Um, or maybe we haven't really touched on that. Yeah. So we had 10, 10 points or 10 turnovers and 14 for them, but we turned ours into 15 points off of turnovers where Rutgers only had nine. So I, again, I, I thought, you know, um, we did a good job getting our turnovers down. And also the, the few that we had, we didn't allow them just to really turn into points for them as well. But yeah, we've already touched on field goal percentage and rebounding. So that might've been the other big number jumping out to me. What about you though?
0: One more I'm going to go to here before we move on to the individuals, 25 to eight and fast break points for a team. Indiana is not a team that everybody kind of thinks as fast paced breakout and get, you know, get, but today 25 to eight on fast break points. And, and that, now that number really jumped out. I didn't realize until I printed off the stat sheet that it was that high, but that's, that makes winning a little bit easier. When you can get transition point or fast break points, when you can get those fast break points, And get some easy buckets, it makes your offense look better. It makes the offense run better because when you're getting layups or easy shots, basket just tends to look so much bigger. So that was the other team stat I wanted to mention.
1: Okay. One other what about the the individuals? Yeah, one other bench, which is kind of bench slash individuals, is we had 13 bench points. And the surprising part of that is seven of them came from um, Lexi Bargasser, and she got, you know, seven of those in nine minutes. And, you know, I saw you had tweeted out, you know, she got fouled with through some contact and didn't quite finish that. And I think to your point on Twitter, you said she's going to learn how to finish that, which I absolutely agree but she also you know hit her free throws too she made three out of her four free throws as well and added two rebounds so um i thought the bench actually was pretty pretty good for us today you know we like i mentioned at one point we had three freshmen playing together of course one is Garzon, but we also had lily meister and lexi vargas they're all three and they're playing together so um i just think again it's a good testament to coach uh, Morin and how she's putting together the teams that we've been wanting to see more and more each year and just really building the program and this year what we're also seeing is that depth coming in as well as you know getting transfer talent in getting our freshmen in that are actually contributing right away so I thought again bench points we got out scored on the bench but I, I'm still very pleased with 13 bench points.
0: Yeah, one other thing I'll mention here before we move on to the individuals is, uh, and Quang's pointed this out in the Workaholics a little bit, but we scored at 1.379 points per possession. We held Rutgers to 0.971, yeah. and Rutgers in the first half, I, I'm trying to remember the tweet. I think Rutgers is at roughly 1.2 in the first That's half. Right. So, yeah, so, I mean, it, it, it was uh, – that tells you how good the second half was for that number to drop. So I'll throw it to you for an individual.
1: Um gosh, yeah, there's so many places you could really go to on this. There's <laughs> you know, we had four people in double digit scoring here again for us today. Um, uh, nobody with again, you know, we talked about rebounding so no double doubles or anything like that today, but I I think you know, we'll probably talk about Grace um coming up. But she, her stat line in general was just fantastic, right? 21 points, two rebounds, seven assists. Um, the only blemish on there is the four turnovers, you know. Um, but other than that, I thought it was just an all-around great, a solid game. And she played thirty-seven minutes, so clearly the coaches were seeing it as well from, from, from Grace. So yeah, yeah, that's probably the first individual I, I gravitated to today.
0: I'm going to go to Sydney Parish because I thought Sydney was one that maybe struggled a little bit in the first half, especially the first quarter. Uh, But she ends up uh, with 17 points, uh, six rebounds, um, two assists. And a steal and a block. So again, kind of and we're almost getting to that point where we just haven't, you know, we almost sometimes overlook Sydney parish. and and I, and I think it's one of the things that this fan base needs to remember is don't overlook the contributions that these players are making just because they've come to be so expected, so consistent. Enjoy it while it's happening because, you know, like I said, I, as again, I say sometimes I almost feel like you know, well, Sydney must not be playing very well, but you look at the end of the game, And she's, like I said, 17 and six. She had two assists, a block, a steal. Take that every night.
1: Absolutely. Um, I think we'd be remiss if we don't talk about Yarden Garzon and her three-point shooting today, right? She came out on fire in that first half and was four for four from three-point. I think she had most of our uh, three-pointers to start out with. So she just really looked fantastic in that first half. She ended up four of six at 14 points, uh, four of six from three-point land. So- I thought Yarden had a a fairly nice game today as well. Again, the only, um, if we're going to nitpick here for for Yarden in her game, again, is fouling. Like she just has a propensity to to be a little handsy and on uh, her defense. And so she's getting whistled for a few too many fouls that I would um, still like to see her clean up a little more as she continues. But again, we're nitpicking at this point, I think.
0: Yeah. And the other stat line I'll kind of throw in here, I, I was a little surprised. I was beginning to wonder whether doghouse or just injured or whether it was just matchups. Sarah you only played nine minutes yeah. today. And, 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 most, and, most and I, 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 yeah. And I don't even think that was it. Yeah. She played some in the first half. I don't think she got in at all in the first, in the third quarter.
1: No, and so
0: I was a little bit, but that, the one thing that does concern me here about the stat line is five players at 30 minutes or more. The five starters yes. played 30 minutes or more against Rutgers. And, 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 I'm not again. I'm not trying to overlook anybody in the league, but against a team that only had two league victories, it would have been nice to feel like you could have got those numbers down, especially like you said. Uh, Grace played 37 minutes, uh, Chloe 35. So it would have been nice to get those numbers down for like those two into the lower thirties and everybody else in the high twenties, those couple of minutes. Now I know they get some time off, you know, not off, but they got a few days before they have to go up to Minneapolis and play the golden Gophers. But uh, that does concern me, you know, to feel like we had to play those guys, you know, all four of those, all five of those players, 30 plus minutes uh, in, in a game against Rutgers. So, but that's all the, the stat line numbers I had.
1: Yeah. The only other one I just wanted to talk about again, it was just the difference in our defense from the first half to the second. And I think, the easiest way to, to really illustrate that is through scoring. So if you look at Rutgers, they scored 44 points in that first half, which would have put them on pace for what 88, which is well above their, their season average, which they only averaged 65 points a game. And so You can then see in the second half, we held them to 26 points, 19 and seven in the third and fourth quarter, respectively. So to hold them and turn them around, you clearly know that was talked about in halftime because each quarter, it just kind of went down 22, 20, 19, and then holding them to seven, I thought was just really great. And that included again, the last three or four minutes with our bench coming in. But yeah, Jeff, to your point, you know, once you're up so many points on a team, and especially like you said, like Rutgers, who just, they're not real deep. What do they have? Eight players, I think eligible players. Think so. They're not real deep. They're young. I would have really hoped that we could trust more of our bench earlier in that second or fourth quarter rather. Um, but we just don't, we didn't really see him come in until about three minutes or so left. So I, I agree with you. I would have liked to rest our, our starters a little bit more in that fourth quarter, especially once we knew the game was well in hand.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. So, uh, That's it for the, for inside the numbers and we will go to the game ball. All right, it's time for our game ball. And as you can see, for those of you who are watching on our YouTube live feed, and uh, welcome to all 44 of you right now who are currently here. A nice number to have on a yeah. Sunday afternoon. Um, game balls right now is Mackenzie Holmes, as we were joking the other night with Jay, just when she yeah. is finally done, we might have to rename this as the Mackenzie Holmes Award. But anyway, Mackenzie Holmes currently leads with 12, Sydney Parish with three, Yarden Garzon with three, Grace Berger and Sarah Scalia each have one. So Kathy, since I'm working on this side with the hosting duties today. How about you go first on the game ball?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, again, agree with you and Jay, we definitely could rename this the McKenzie Holmes game ball award. And we could look at that again today, right? She had great numbers, Mm -hmm. 21 points again, um, six rebounds, and she played nice defense, Mm -hmm. a couple of steals in there, but I'm going to give my game ball to Grace today. I thought, you know, also with 21 points, the seven assists, I thought that, um, you know, the three for three, three point shooting was fantastic. I think she had only made four three pointers all year up until this game so she almost doubled her three point shots and uh and makes and three for three i i thought she just had the better all-around game i thought she was really good on defense she had some great assists from us again the only blemish if you're going to nitpick is the four turnovers for grace so for me i'm voting for her for my game ball
0: yeah, we're going to make that unanimous because I was thinking that all along, and I really came that way, especially in about midway through the third quarter when I really felt like Grace kind of got us past that point of where it was like 8 to 10 points like it was at the end of the half. We kind of kept sitting there going back 8, 10, 12, back to 8, you know, and and Grace made a couple of plays there that really seemed to spark us to finish off that third quarter really strong and, and such. So I'm going to go with Grace Berger as well. You've already mentioned her stat line, but like I said earlier, I just really felt this was the best that she's played mm-hmm. since coming back from the injury and that and, and I, I and that's something that doesn't surprise me because i think as you get used to wearing the brace, as you get a little better conditioning and you get used to those things your shot starts to come around she's been passing she's been leading she had not shot the ball maybe as well but she's starting to come around and that just to me that's just one it's almost like getting that's almost like adding a new player when she'd been right. out for eight games it's almost and that now it's like it put again, a Grace Berger that is back to where she's at as, as we talk about a lot of times, like when you and I've been on assembly Call, the floor comes up higher, the ceiling gets higher Great. with Grace Berger playing the way she did to that
1: and some to your point some of those passes she made weren't just you know they weren't just run of the mill passes there was one she had that i swear she like yeah. was backwards and overhead i don't know how she did it kind of thing right at the mckenzie who um had a nice layup there in the lane I, that and some of the other passes and the ones that don't show up in the sat line right that we were talking about those what we like to call the hockey assist that just don't even right. show up i think she had a number of those cuz i think she just has seen the floor so well um, in this, you know, her fifth year playing now. And she's just, she's just an absolute joy to watch all around. Just really great basketball IQ. Yeah.
0: And, and, and one thing I was going to mention, you were talking about turnovers. They're thing too. You can live with some of that. You'd like maybe to have it down to two, but as much as she handles the ball, as much as the ball right. is in her hands at key times, she's going to pick up a few. And sometimes I wonder, I, I, I wasn't sure there were a couple of times today where I think she got credited with the turnover and I didn't think the pass was that bad. Yeah. It didn't yeah. necessarily get handled. So I am not exactly sure how, what's the determination in who gets the turnover. A lot of times when I was coaching, if I didn't think the pass was that bad and the person receiving it just here fumbled it away, or, or I thought mm-hmm. could have caught it. I would, I would give it on the person on the catch, but I don't know how they're looking at it right, from that standpoint. So let's, That's but a great again, point. so grace, so Grace Berger gets her second game ball of the season. We'll move on to the Hoosier hustle award here. And again, nice problem to have, because I think we can talk about have a handful of kids again today in this award uh, right now, again, for those of you who are watching the ticker going along that Kathy has for us, Chloe leads the way with five and a half, but Sydney Parrish is next at four and a half. Grace Berger with three Bargesser Meister each have two. And then Gary Garzon and Peterson with one each and Kathy, I'm going to let you go first again. Who gets your household award?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, we we have a number of choices here again today, Jeff. Uh, you know, you could talk again about McKenzie and her, her points going up, um, Yarden with her four for four to start off that the game in the first half with her three-pointers. Um, but for me, I, I landed on Sydney Parrish. I Again, I thought she was just showing us things on both ends of the court and really doing the things that don't show up in the stat, stat line. And to me, that is what kind of epitomizes the hustle award, right? She's she's diving on the floor for the loose balls, and she's really going after um, all of all of the things uh, that you want her to do, that those winning plays um, that I heard you and Coach Tansoni talk about the other day on the men's show. She does winning plays. She does the winning things that don't always show up. And I think we saw that again from her today. Um, and, and, you know, her rebounding is just top notch to it. And she becomes one of those, you, you know, utility players is not only is she doing the little things that don't show up, she does the things that do show up. 17 points today, you know, 5'10". Shooting and three three for six from three point land. I, so for me, I'm I'm voting for Sydney for my game ball or hustle award.
0: Yeah, I am going to mention here that I did I did have some consideration for Lexi there in this in this as well uh, with her seven points in nine minutes, um, two for two from the field, three of four, uh, but. Um, you know, and not it shouldn't really be a butt, but she had a steal. Other than that, she didn't really have a whole lot and a block, I should say. But she didn't really have it. You know, some other things. In the stat line, and and I agree with you. Just Sydney is one of those who, and we've talked a little bit about this. The comment that Coach Mooren had, I can't remember after what game. Yeah. But you you can't pay attention to the hair, the nails, the look. You know, when she gets out there on the floor, uh, Sydney Parish is out there doing one thing, and that's win. And she's going to do whatever it takes to help her team win. Um, I'm really going to point out as well, here she was four for four at the line today. And I'm still kind of perplexed to why Sydney's a 65% shooter at the free throw line coming in, because she shoots the ball fairly well. So at this point, it's almost as much psychological where she's just, she's thinking about it when she gets to the line. Mm -hmm. But she knocked down those, you know, went four for four today. And on three of those all came on a foul when she got fouled shooting the three-pointer over in the corner by the bench. So, um, you know, that's one of those things that, that you know, again, to me, the, Sydney Parish is one of those players who's it's not always going to wow you. She's not always going to be like you know, you're not always going to be like wow, I didn't I didn't realize that. But she's the difference, maybe, in what this team did last year to what it can possibly do this year if everybody can stay healthy going through. Because there's just an awareness there, a court awareness, and a competitive competitiveness to her that I think is huge as we go through the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I absolutely. I I love watching her play as well. And it's just um, the other surprising thing is the, the big question at least for me during the off season was how well some of these transfers and the freshmen would integrate into the team and Sydney in particular, it feels like she's been there a couple of seasons and this isn't the first time playing together with a lot of these um, with these women. So to me, I think just that, that speaks a lot to her as a teammate as well.
0: Yeah. And, and we didn't talk about this other day and I forgot to mention it. So if you can still find it there, I did. I think we did talk about it with Jay the other day. There was a clip on one yeah. of the Twitter feeds your day that was kind of about, they kind of had mic'd, Sydney up. mic'd up, yeah. they mic'd her up for a couple minutes and they were talking and I didn't quite catch all of the, uh, what they were talking about. I missed. It. And I went back and watched it a couple times. I still quit, but something about how many miles she was putting on her car. Like she's going yes. back and forth Indianapolis to quite a bit. And, yeah. and I'm like, is she, is she living in India and then driving down for practice and class every day? I was like, that doesn't seem, but, or she's just going home a lot, but she I was, she it was of a lot friends really,
1: that live up there that she goes to see.
0: Maybe. And she just, but it was a really interesting to see her, to listen to her being mic'd up. And so if you get a chance to go back on Twitter or search that and find it on, on a, like a Google search, It'd be it's really an interesting thing to look at. So Sydney yep. now moves into a tie for first place on the Hustle Award this year with her five and a half game balls and excuse gonna be five and a half, five and a half Hustle Awards yep. ties her with Chloe Moore McNeil.
1: Yep. All right. So let's
0: move on to lingering questions. And Kathy, you, this is one of those where you've been gone for a couple of games and I know you enjoyed Hawaii, but it's, <laughs> yeah. we almost, when you're winning like this, you almost feel like as podcast hosts, you're to, you're nitpicking about things. So, but what would be, well, I guess any lingering questions you may have,
1: you know, my, my, it's kind of been lingering for a while. I, I'm just wondering if we're going to see Sarah Scalia get out of whatever slump she's in at this point you know it seemed like she had a game where she just was going she went crazy again with scoring and she was just really aggressive and she played um like i I can't remember it was like 28 minutes or something off the bench and just had a great game and i thought this is it now sarah's back and now she seemed to have regressed back into whatever's going on um with her and her Confidence or whatever is going on off court. So that's still my lingering question is, will we see Sarah uh, get back to a consistent form that we are seeing from her from the beginning of the year? But we didn't really talk a whole lot about Sarah today, but she's probably my biggest lingering question.
0: And it was Michigan. It was just a week or so just yeah. earlier in the week when she had that. She really exploded at Michigan, played really well. And and I think we all thought coming off that, that she maybe she'd found it. But, and, you know, confidence is such a fragile thing. Sometimes it just you never know what's going to make it appear and, and how long it'll stay. And you also don't know what maybe will take it away. And all of a sudden it's gone again. So um, but she struggled a little bit. On Thursday against Ohio State, I thought she played better than she did today on Thursday. But she really, because she really struggled at times today. Now she played okay in the second quarter, a little bit defensively, but she she just did never seem like she was in sync offensively. Um, my lingering question, kind of a part one and two, but the second, the first one's kind of a, it really doesn't matter, but it it does it does make you interested to see where this team will end up. I would assume somewhere in the top five this week. They beat yeah. Michigan. They beat Ohio State. Both teams were ranked. They held, they did what they had to do at home. And so be interested to see where they are. Now, again, a, a poll, an AP poll, a coach poll is a snapshot. It's where you are. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things. Where we want to be at the end of the year is hopefully talking about going to a final four. And that's all, that's the only poll. That matters is at the end of the season mm-hmm. uh, when they, you know, where they finish. But the other lingering question I've got here is just, you know, you've got a couple games coming up and I don't think they'll be as flat as they were at the beginning of the game today. But Minnesota is bo- another team that's struggling, bottom of the league. And then they're going to go to Sunday, a week from today, they go to West Lafayette to play Purdue at Mackey. And for those who haven't paid, didn't see it today, Purdue went into Columbus and beat Ohio State on the road. And so, Purdue's kind of been – and then they beat Illinois earlier in the week on the road in Champaign. So Purdue had been kind of a roller coaster team. They'd been – everybody thought they were going to be in that next group, that they were not – they weren't going to be in the top three, four. But everybody thought they would be maybe in that mix of five, six, seven, and they hadn't been. But all of a sudden now, they're back in the mix. Back a week or so ago, they were kind of on the outside looking into the tournament. I would imagine they're going to be on the inside now, maybe 11 or 12 seed at this point, maybe a 10 – on the late when the new bracketology comes out but these are a couple of games you can't take for granted you got to go up to minnesota again they haven't been winning but you would expect them to be fired up and this is one of the things jay and i talked about the other day kind well, we get your opinion about this as well this is a team that it was used to be used to be the hunter this was a team that was on the rise a program was on the rise used to be the hunter now they have to get used and i think they are i think they understand this but they're the hunted and they're going to have walk into that atmosphere in Minnesota. And they are definitely going to walk into it at Purdue a week from today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So how, how are they handling it each game? Right. So that's, yeah, that's my
0: <laughs> lingering question.
1: That, that absolutely. So, you know, can they make sure that they get, especially going into West Lafayette, that one in particular, if they have a slow start, there like they did today um i think they're going to find themselves in some real trouble because to your point i think purdue definitely of the the upcoming games is the one uh that might give us the the, the other road bump we might hit if they come out flat today i think they could potentially recover minnesota and whatnot but hopefully they won't need to and they'll, they'll come out completely focused um when they come out yep. again on wednesday
0: and if you can get through these two games and you're still at one loss and assume Iowa is there, then you're going to get to that part of the schedule that we talked about in our preseason shows where it's all of a sudden it becomes a real grind it out because you're going to have to play Iowa twice. You'll play Michigan again. You'll play Ohio state yes, again. And- there are mm-hmm. not very many easy. I think mean, maybe there was one game that we thought that was kind of an easier game in that last stretch, but there, it becomes a grind. So any hope you really want to have, of kind of controlling your destiny in the league race. You need to go 2 and 0 this week. And 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 you know that's that's why I think it's really important to kind of have that mindset that you got to treat these two teams as hard as it is. Purdue will be a little bit easier rivalry game, but yep. treat them both like ranked opponents. You got to get up for both of them. You got to be ready to play. And and I think that's going to be a huge part of it.
1: Yep, absolutely agree.
0: So we're going to preview our next opponent here all right uh they go to we go to minnesota wednesday night eight o'clock eastern seven o'clock central that game will again be on big 10 plus um i think that may be one of the last games that's on big 10 plus but you'll still need your subscription um uh indiana trails the all-time series 37 33 including trailing 21 to 16 in minneapolis IU has won the last six in a row and eight of the last 10 versus the golden Gophers, including 80 to 70 in Bloomington last season when Sarah Scalia was on fire from, Uh, maybe she can go back to the barn and be on fire. Uh, Minnesota coming into the day was nine and 11 overall two and seven in the conference. Uh, They were hosting Michigan in Minneapolis to this afternoon. I don't have any, I I have no idea how they were doing or if that was maybe even a little bit later in the afternoon. Uh, And then Kathy, I'll let you take the next part.
1: Yeah, so um, they are as a team averaging seventy four points per game. That's thirteenth in the Big um, in the Big Ten, and they give up seventy, just under seventy two points per game, which is also thirteenth in the Big Ten. In terms of shooting, they shoot right around forty one percent field goal percentage, including thirty uh, percent from three pointer. Um, so I don't, you know, again, don't want to take them lightly, but thirty percent, it doesn't seem like they'll have a big uh three point presence that we need to be worried about terribly but in terms of defense they are holding their opponents to 41% shooting and only 29% from 3 so that'll be interesting especially the way we've been shooting the ball like we did today to see how we can come out with our three point shooting um in terms of turnovers they turn it over 17.17 point, point, 17 turnovers per game but only for 16 I right? well like only force but so 16 so We'll see, you know, is that defense of ours going to continue to travel and, you know, they have a propensity to turn it over. And can we continue to be kind of um, cleaner with the ball Um, in terms of individuals? They are led by Mara Brown. Um, She is a six foot um, freshman. She leads them in scoring with 15 points per game, which puts her 12th in the Big Ten. And then Alana Michoud is 6'2 sophomore. She averages 14 points per game. And Mallory Heyer is a 6'1 freshman, averaging just under 12 points per game. Um, mishu leads them in rebounding at 8.2 rebounds per game and then in terms of assists amaya battle is a 511 freshman who leads them with 4.4 assists per game which is actually six in the big ten um they're a very young team they only have they have seven freshmen on their roster and then in terms of coaching lindsay Whalen is their coach they she has been there five years um this is her fifth year and she is 69 and 68 overall what are your thoughts though, and, on that uh, Michigan game coming up Our Minnesota game? Do you think we're going to, we're going to see uh, Sarah kind of get back? <laughs> so, I hope so. You would like to
0: think she would have a, a little bit of an incentive for that. Uh, we're seeing here, Jim and the workaholic yeah. says that Michigan, a 75 41 lead. I don't know if that's a final, but definitely Michigan going to win that game. It looks like. So Minnesota would fall to nine and 12 and two and eight in the league. Uh, one other thing too, you talk about Lindsey late when Lindsey Whalen, the legend, Lindsay Whalen grew, um, Grew up in Minnesota, went to Minnesota, was an All-American, had a very distinguished uh, WNBA career, both with the Sun and the Lynx uh, before taking the job at Minnesota. But boy, the thing that really jumped out at me, Kathy, was the seven freshmen, whether they're true freshmen or redshirt freshmen. And you're looking at the the, the kids we talked about in the in the kind of the preview here she's gone young and I think she's willing to lose some games this year to get some of those young kids some experience and let them learn on the you know on the fly and I would be Minnesota's a team you look at if, if she can keep them together and then she adds some pieces up to it that in a couple of years you may see Minnesota back toward the upper half of the league where where they were for quite a bit of time but um, it's been a little bit of a struggle up there uh, they've gone to the WNIT a couple times under Whalen but they've uh, but they've missed uh postseason action twice in her previous four years. So uh, I'll ask you too. I, but you, you, you kind of live at least that far out that way. You, you, a little easier for you to get to Minnesota than me. Um, It's just such an interesting gym to play in. And, and, and it's, you know, the barn and, and I'll be interested, as you said, I'll be kind of interested to see how well we shoot the ball up there. And and can we make shots um, in that, you know, in that huge open background, and and such, but I I'm really looking for it. I would like to see Sarah Scalia kind of use this game as a way to get you know back into the flow.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping to see as well. So if anyone can shoot it in the in the barn, I'm hoping she's the one that comes out and shows <laughs> us. So uh, the 77 to 41 is the final score. Michigan beat Minnesota today. So yeah, and, and then the same thing. You know, I'm I'm not sure how some of our our women if they've ever played on that elevated floor before some of them are obviously back right grace has chloe mm. moore mcneil has but sydney Parrish hasn't um is that going to bother her yard and Garzon, is that going to bother her at all and to your point you know the the, the sight lines always seem weird in that that place too for shooting so it, it will definitely be an interesting thing and, and again don't can't take minnesota lightly but whatever, seven freshmen, um, you know, Michigan, just, you know, having their number today, whatever the, the, the reason is, you know, they still have won some games and you can't just assume you're going to go up there and walk all over them like Michigan did. So got to come out a little more focused for sure.
0: So, That will be on Wednesday programming wise assembly call will be on Tuesday after the Maryland game with their post game show. Be sure to check them out and catch them uh, after the Maryland game. Also be sure to catch or subscribe to the next episode of crimson cast, which is part of our back home network family and our next show, even though the Hoosiers play on Wednesday, we have some conflicts. uh, Our next show will be Thursday. All right. That we'll be on on Thursday, the day after the Minnesota game. It'll be eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock Central. um, And I will be joined by the voice of the Hoosiers, Austin Rinder. And Kathy may be able to join us. She's still not sure. But but uh, we think, you know, hopefully she can. If not, Austin's going to be with us as well. So that was we'll make a quick show of that because Assembly Call Radio, I assume, is going to be on at 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 Central. So that's our programming here coming up. And don't forget, our next show will be on Thursday, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 o'clock Central.
1: Yes. All right. Let's get a little more Bob Thompson music. Hit the right button.
0: Yeah, it's been one of those days. And it's time for last call here on doing the work and we're going to throw it to Kathy. What's on your mind as we wrap things up?
1: Yeah, Jeff, again, just capping off a a great week of Indiana women's basketball again. Again, I know I wasn't on the podcast earlier this week with you all, but I did watch the games and a little bit later and it was very exciting. And um, I was glad probably in my hotel room that maybe I wasn't, you know, too close to some other rooms because I was watching kind of late at night and I'm not the most quiet person watching basketball. So just really an exciting week for our Hoosiers. It's really to um, continuing to, to have our, our machine rolling down the, the um, the highway here this year, you know, best start in program history. Again, congratulations to coach Moore and congratulations to the team. I, I really just don't know what else to say. You know, I, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, we're going to bump our toe. We're going to have a speed bump here eventually, but it just, it's hard to, um, to imagine what, what we're going to feel like when that comes because we've only seen it one time this year. And, you know, I, I bet if they could go back in time and get that Michigan state game back, they would, you know, they would pay, pay some money to get that time machine. So I think that was a blip on the radar. We have to mentally prepare that we're going to have that again, um, but we never expect it, and I think we're just going to keep keep the keep the party going here because it is just so much fun. um and also just a quick shout out to the crowd and all the the fan support. We had another you know, huge crowd, I think uh, over eighty eight hundred people came today in attendance 80- for.
0: 85, 98,
1: 85, 98. I had knew there was another 88 in there. Um, So there was the sixth largest regular season game in program history. So again, kudos to all the fans that are able to get out and continue to support this team, even when it's not a top 10, top 15 opponent, you know, they came out anyway and really showed support and i thought they were pretty raucous and i thought there were key moments where the crowd really got behind the team as well Mm -hmm. so for me again just um continuing to watch them is is a joy uh make sure everyone's appreciating all of our players um and continuing to support them And, and thanks to everyone here that's been listening and following along with us as well so just really very happy to be be able to watch this team
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to sound like I'm on repeat or something when it comes to last call right now. It's just, it's such a joy to watch this program and be where it is compared to where it's been historically, see what Coach Terry Morn has done with it, Um, and it really, and I've told people this, it, it just... It for me growing up, these were like well, it's like watching the old night teams in the 80s, or even for me in the 70s. They they hustle, they battle, they get on the floor for loose balls. They don't they, they're mentally tough, um, they play physically tough. It's just it's an older school kind of basketball with some modern to it that Terry Moore has put into this program, and it's really fun to watch them get to the point where, like we said at the beginning of the show, 21 overall, uh, 21 off to the best start in school history and such. So that's to me is, you know, I'm sure I say that pretty much every last call, but we're going to wrap it up here. If you want to see us do the show live and be on a part of the live chat, make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assembly call. You can be part of our private community as well. Join today at assemblycall.com. special. Thanks to John Rigger at ringer of rig design for designing our new logos. And we try to rotate our, our logos every episode here on the, uh, Doing the work podcast, especially the YouTube uh, live feed. Also, a big thank you, as Kathy mentioned, to Bob Thompson for our new music that you've heard throughout the broadcast. We want to thank all of you and the workaholics for being here today to watch us live on the YouTube, or if you've been, if you catch us tomorrow or the next day on your favorite podcast, uh, wherever you get your podcast uh, from. We'll be back to talk IU hoops again with you soon. Until then, keep your elbows in, your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. boy what a start what a start we were about like the girls were, the were so. right
1: we were definitely out well, of focus too
0: i, I <laughs> figured i got new earbuds ear new earpods and they want to yeah. sync up with the mic uh, and they were also messing with, i had a youtube page open on the other on the on the safari and it was for some yeah. reason it was kicking it on that's what, why I was, I was like wait a minute my phone's off so know. anyway so i'm learning a little bit here with these new earbud, these new earpods so cool. anyway so hey uh so let's go ahead and yep. uh, we'll talk to everybody on thursday uh join us here on thursday at eight o'clock eastern seven central and austin render of the voice of the hoosiers will be with us so until thursday everybody bye-bye everyone